I'm your host, Kate McCarty, and our special guest today is um, you. Since this show airs on Thursday, May 4th, 2023, the National Day of Prayer, you and I are going to talk to God. So, whether you are listening on this exact day or on any other day, actually, it's always a great day to pray, and I hope you will join with me and millions of people here and around the world as we intercede for our nation. Our aim at Now I See is to educate, elevate, and engage our listeners in meaningful conversations that encourage and inspire. So, today, I hope you will find this episode especially meaningful. After a brief introduction to the National Day of Prayer, I'm going to provide prayer prompts as a springboard for our conversation with God and give you opportunities to speak aloud, if you can, or in your heart, if you must. You might even choose to listen to this podcast later when you can do so without distraction or interruption, or can pause the recording if you have more to say than in the time I've set aside for you. While I tell you about the origins of the National Day of Prayer, you might want to find a copy of the Bible so you can read verses along with me, or grab a notepad and a pen so you can take notes or jot down names, events, and ideas as they come up to you. And now for a little bit about the origin of this unique event. Like its sister holiday, Thanksgiving, the National Day of Prayer has its roots in colonial New England, dating all the way back to the 1770s. The fall holiday was established as a day of feasting and prayer. The spring holiday was established as a day of fasting and prayer. The former was officially recognized by President Abraham Lincoln in 1863 the latter by President Harry Truman in 1952. In the winter of 1952, during the Korean War, Reverend Billy Graham said, What a thrilling, glorious thing it would be to see the leaders of our country today kneeling before Almighty God in prayer. What a thrill would sweep this country. What renewed hope and courage would grip the Americans at this hour of peril. His challenge resulted in a joint resolution of the House and Senate for a National Day of Prayer, and then President Truman signed a bill that every subsequent president would honor it, encouraging all Americans to pray on this day. Forty years later, President Ronald Reagan said, From General Washington's struggle at Valley Forge to the present, this nation has fervently sought and received divine guidance as it pursued the course of history. This occasion provides our nation with an opportunity to further recognize the source of our blessings and to seek His help for the challenges we face today and in the future. Those words still ring true today. 
1988, the law was amended so that the National Day of Prayer would be held on the first Thursday of May. Two stated intentions of the National Day of Prayer were, number one, that it would be a day when adherents of all great religions could unite in prayer, and two, that it may one day bring renewed respect for God to all the peoples of the world. The National Day of Prayer is celebrated by Americans of many religions, including many Protestant denominations, Catholics, as well as Sikhs, Muslims, Hindus, and Jews. On the National Day of Prayer, many Americans assemble to pray in front of courthouses, churches, mosques, synagogues, and temples. To find a prayer group near you, visit nationaldayofprayer.org. This year's theme for the National Day of Prayer is Pray Fervently in Righteousness and Avail Much, which comes from James chapter 5, verse 16, which says the effective fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much. to begin by thinking about the character and nature of God and why I pray to him. I think about his attributes like his power and authority, his goodness and grace, his truth and eternality. Often I use this word to describe him. For example, in Psalm 145 verse 3, the psalmist says, Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. Take a moment to think about God's greatness and tell him some of the things you love most about him. Like the psalmist, in Psalm 8, I pray, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? And like the psalmist, when I consider how great God is, I can't help but think how small and weak I am by comparison. He is most holy, and I'm most definitely not, so I'm going to take a moment to confess my sins and ask for God's forgiveness. I hope you will do the same. In 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, God tells his people, If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. Maybe the prophet Daniel was thinking of this verse when he began to confess sins on behalf of his people. 
The following prayer is taken from the ninth chapter of the Old Testament book that bears his name. In this prayer, Daniel confesses on behalf of a nation that has wandered from its godly roots. He said, I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed, Lord, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments, we have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked and have rebelled. We have turned away from your commands and laws. We have not listened to your word. Lord, you are righteous, but this day we are covered with shame. We and our leaders are covered with shame because we have sinned against you. But you are merciful and forgiving, even though we have rebelled against you and turned away, refusing to obey you. And now we are seeing the consequences of our choices, and you are allowing us to suffer in them. Disaster has come on us, yet we have not sought your favor by turning from our sins and giving attention to your truth. Even though we know you are righteous in everything you do, we have not always obeyed you. We confess we have sinned and have done wrong, but Lord, in keeping with all your righteous acts, Turn away your anger and your wrath from us, your people, in this nation whose founders acknowledged and honored you. Our sins and the iniquities of our ancestors have made our nation and your people an object of scorn to nations around us. Now, our God, hear the prayers and petitions of me, your servant. For your sake, Lord, look with favor on our desolation. Give ear, our God, and hear. Open your eyes and see the desolation of the people that bear your name. We do not make requests of you because we are righteous, but because of your great mercy. Lord, listen. Lord, forgive. Lord, hear and act. For your sake, my God, do not delay, because your people bear your name. The beauty of our confession is knowing that according to 1 John 1, verse 9, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Because of that, we can confidently stand before Him and be assured our prayers will be heard. So, in keeping with this year's theme, let us pray fervently in righteousness and avail much. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1-4, through 4, we read these words, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, especially for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good, and it pleases God our Savior. Now remember that Paul may have written these words while sitting in house arrest in a Roman prison under Nero, who was notorious for murdering Christians in the most heinous ways. So, whether you agree with our government authorities or not, your prayers on their behalf please God. So, first of all, let's pray for our national leaders and the issues before them. Pray for them by name and for the issues they are facing, if you are aware of them.
Let us also pray for the people who live in our country and are subject to the decisions our national leaders are making. Let's also pray for our state leaders. Again, pray for them by name if you know them and the issues they are facing. Let's also pray for the people who live in our state. Let's now pray for our local leaders. In our city, we will be having a municipal election this weekend for our city council and school board members. So I will be praying for a clean and fair election for the poll workers, for the candidates and their families, for the newly elected leaders as they take their places, and a smooth transition. If this election is happening in your city too, pray right along with me. If not, consider the issues that are facing your city right now and pray about them. Let's also pray for the people who live in our city. Maybe you're thinking about your immediate neighbors or people who live in your neighborhood generally. Maybe you want to pray for your postal workers, librarians, trash collectors, meter readers, and other government employees. Now let's pray for our courts and lawmakers. Again, if you know them by name, pray for them specifically. If not, pray about the issues that are in the news for lawyers, judges, bailiffs, juries, court reporters, and administrators.
pray for people in prison and for their families and the victims of their crimes. And let's pray for those who work in the correctional facilities and halfway houses. Pray that despite their incarceration, prisoners will find freedom through faith. Now, let's pray for those who are willing to give their lives to uphold the freedoms guaranteed by our laws and protected by our courts. First, for our armed forces, especially those in harm's way. Next, let's pray for our first responders, like police, firemen, and EMTs. Let's also pray for doctors, nurses, orderlies, technicians, administrators, people who run our hospitals and clinics. Now let's shift our focus a little and pray for our arts and media, both mainstream and social. God knows they need divine intervention. Pray that more than money or fame, they would come to value whatsoever things are true, whatever things are noble, right, pure, lovely, and admirable, things that are excellent or praiseworthy. Let's pray for another significant group of people in our society, those who run our economy. Let's pray for investors, bankers, corporations, and small businesses, the people they employ, and those who are seeking work. 
Let's remember that God gives people wisdom, ability, expertise, and artistry to create goods and services people need and want. That God gives us the ability to provide for ourselves, our families, our churches, and communities through our labor. He even gives us the ability to enjoy the fruits of our labor. Let's talk to God about that right now. And while we're thinking about laborers, transportation has been in the news a lot lately. So let's pray for safe rails, airways, waterways, roadways, and all the people and things who travel on them. Now let's pray for our schools, for teachers, paraprofessionals, specialists, administrators, and staffers like janitors, cafeteria workers, bus drivers, security officers, and volunteers who help in classrooms, copy rooms, playgrounds, boosters, and other service and support organizations. Perhaps you'd like to pray specifically for your child's school or for your alma mater. Learning centers like universities, homeschools, academies, and charter schools, trade schools, night schools, and online classrooms all need prayer too. Let's pray for our schools. And let's pray for our churches, many of which are still struggling after the mandatory lockdowns. Pray that our preferences would not divide us, but that we would agree on the essentials of our faith and be unified in shining the light of God's truth and grace, His healing and hope into a dark and hurting world. Pray for pastors, youth and child care workers, musicians, missionaries, missions workers, and volunteers. And finally, let's pray for our families, the core of the people who make up our great nation. Let's also pray for those who are homeless, widowed, orphaned, and who find themselves without a family in this season.
please pray for me as I pray for you. I'm so grateful that you have prayed with me today. As I close out this show, here's what I would like you to see more clearly. According to 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 through 15, this is the confidence that we have in God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. So, we're asking in your name, God. Amen. If you've enjoyed this special edition of the Now I See podcast, please let us know by dropping us a line at nis.media or on our socials at Now I See Pod. If you think others would benefit from this episode, we'd be thrilled to know you shared it with them from your podcast feed or social platforms. If this is your first visit, please like and subscribe, and then join us again next week for a special Mother's Day episode featuring Bethany Friesinger. Thanks, friends. We'll see you again soon. We're so glad you were able to join us for today's eye-opening interview. You can find out more about our guest today by reading our show notes or visiting our website at nis.media. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Special thanks to the team at Headset Radio for their technical expertise and to Joelle Salazar, who created and performed the new Now I See theme song. 